people generally always do what they think is best for them. To be able to transform somebody's mindset around that, that is so powerful. You need to have those skills. That's what sales is. Going back to what I said about if you're afraid to do something, do it. Like whatever you feel like you're not ready for, do it so that you know like what mistakes you're making. Hey, what's going on? Aaron here from the Remote Closing Academy podcast. And you can see the title of this episode. You can see the thumbnail. That's probably why you clicked. And we're going to be talking to one of Grant Cardone's newest closers. Now, she obviously came through RCA. We helped her get, you know, trained up into the position where she can, you know, obviously interview with some of these companies, but I don't want to take credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. We made that connection, but she put in a ton of work, came to all the coaching calls, sent in a ton of calls for review, consistently like asked for feedback and really studied sales, right? Got really, really proficient at sales as well as just general communication. And that's why she is where she is today. We talked all about her story from how she started out as a butcher into a solar salesperson making like 18,000 in one of her first months. And then all the way down to, again, being placed within Grant Cardone's offer, working directly with his sales team to get his offers in front of more people. So with that being said, make sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Dallas. Stoked to have you here. How's your week been so far? It's been good, Aaron. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So a lot of times what we like to do on on the podcast is before we go into remote closing and the specifics and the tactics and all the, you know, all the nitty gritty is let's just rewind the clocks back, you know, before you got into closing before, I guess, as far back as you want, really, <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, your your whole journey within, um, like, let's say, make money online, or just really first thing that comes to mind in terms of your journey. Yeah, well, I was born at a very young age. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would hope like, so. <laughs> uh, just keeping it short, you know, I, I don't think that anybody really like foresees themselves to be a salesperson. And that was definitely me. Like I was really shy. I, I, I still am pretty shy. Um, I've just always been the person to push myself out of my comfort zone. And there was a time when I like... I was, I was a butcher actually, <laughs> and I was making minimum wage. I was working terrible hours and it was really exhausting, but I started listening to a podcast actually with Rob Dial, the mindset mentor. And he really got me to like shift my mindset around what it is that I really want out of my life. And I figured like, if I really want to create the life that is going to make me happy like I have to have money to do that if I want to serve people powerfully I've got to make some money (laughs) and that's going to just fuel all of my dreams and so um that's where the big shift started and I got my first sales job just like knocking doors selling solar which like really took off for me I didn't realize like even if you're shy even if you're um if you don't have a lot of confidence, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're an introvert, that's what I love. That's what Cole, um, he says that in the training. Um, and if you're a woman, like there's a lot of stigmas around who can be successful yeah. person, you know, but um, I made $18,000 just as an appointment setter in two months that I was working for this solar company. Damn. Just open my eyes to what's possible in the sales space. And really that sales is not like, what everybody says it is, it's, it's so much around service and teaching people, educating people on how to really like, you never want to sell something that's going to be 
not good for somebody. And if it is, it's just a matter of helping them to get out of their own way to really like investing that money into getting a good return on the investment financially, or if it's like investing in themselves, which is what I did when I finally found RCA. Um, Aim Vandenberg, she is so incredible. And I, when I had my conversation with her, I just knew that I had to know what she was doing that was making me want to take action so that I could learn that and um, influence others the way that she was influencing me. Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long answer. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. And that, you know, there's a couple, actually, I want to go a little deeper on, on some of those things. So thanks for kind of giving me those, those things to, to grasp onto. But, um, you know, you talked about a podcast and I think it was very similar for me. Like I, from a, from a super young age, like when I was like 12 or 13, I, I remember myself like just listening to YouTube videos and, you know, podcasts weren't as big at the time. So it was mostly YouTube videos, but they're just like those like really hypey, like motivation, like, you know, dramatic music, like you can do it, like that type of thing. Um, so was there, I know you said one of the things that you pulled from, you know, one of those podcasts was like, in order to build the lifestyle that you want to, you know, you have to do things a little bit differently. Were there any other like main mindset shifts that you had to make to like uh, understand that you wanted to do more than like being a butcher, like anything else that comes to mind? Yeah. Like he, Oh, it's so hard because there's so many episodes and so many principles in there. But what I realized was, um, like, I didn't want to be paid hourly. I, (laughs) if you get into an hourly job, like you can do like the most minimum work and get paid the same as somebody that's working their butt off, you know, and that that's yeah. always been me. I'm always the person that wants to, I guess I'm an overachiever. My husband tells me I'm a, I'm a model student, whatever. <laughs> and um, I knew that if I could, like, I, I just knew I wasn't reaching my full potential in that job. I have so many skills. I have like, I can, I know I can do anything I put my mind to. And I believe that's possible. That's true for everybody, every human being, like human beings in general are just limitless in their potential. And to, to be limited in your beliefs and, and to live a life that you don't want, <laughs> it's, you gotta, you gotta step back for a second and re reanalyze what's, what you're even doing with your life. And that was me for sure. Like being in a dead end job, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to work for commission. I wanted to be paid for what I actually did. Yeah, that that's huge. And, and I'm glad that you made that realization, you know, as, as quickly uh, as you did, because I think a lot of people, uh, you know, especially that listen to, to this show or any like other self-development show is they constantly hear, I was actually talking to my wife about this um, yesterday is, you know, she, we're both like go-getters. Like when we have an idea, it's like at a fault sometimes because we like take really, really quick action. And sometimes it's like, it's maybe not like the, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard, um, ready, aim, fire, but it talks all about how, like a lot of people are in this state of like, they have to get ready and they have to prepare. And then that process takes like years and then they never, never actually do it. As opposed to what it sounds like you kind of did was like, you understood, okay, I need to do something a little bit differently to make more money. And then you went and, and get got, you know, that that appointment setting job. Um, so what was like that? Just so we can kind of get a time frame. What was like the time frame between like having that uh, or being, in, you know, a butcher and then transitioning into into the sales job? Like what was that that time frame there? 
it, it's actually a lot longer than I wish it would have been. Like I stayed in that job for a year and then I spent another year, uh, there was a, an emergency with my family and I was in another dead end job as a, a teaching aide, you know, making another minimum wage, Yeah, yeah. but I had to take care of my grandpa. But like it, I just saw myself in all of these dead ends and it, it was a miracle really to get myself out like away from influences. I want to say like, people that were I guess like the crabs holding me inside the bucket if you ever heard that analogy the crab yeah. tries to get out and everyone like limits your success if you can separate yourself from those people that don't believe in you that are in dead-end jobs themselves and they they don't believe that success is possible you got to surround yourself with the right kinds of people and if you can't find them like get listen to a podcast you know <laughs> surround yourself with um positive just the right kinds of messages and so I finally um moved away from that area and started living on my own I was really proud of what I could create for myself you know um yeah, yeah. so it was a lot longer than I wish it would have been I wish that everybody could have been like if, if there's anybody in a dead-end job right now they have got to wake up like don't let anybody hold you back. I feel like the, the main thing that was holding me back was just like trying to do what everyone else was telling me to do. And you have to take advice from the right people. Take advice from the people that have the, the kind of life that you want and follow that. <laughs> yeah, everyone always wants to be, you know, they will always want to give you like the the advice. I, I always go back to the example of, uh, you know, sometimes I'll talk to, you know, younger people and you know, really anyone. And they're like, yeah, I'm in, you know, I'm in business school. Right. And they're, you know, they go to college and pay like a professor. That's like a business professor. That's like never built a business, which kind of still boggles my mind a little bit. <laughs> um, but it's the same, it's the same idea of like, you know, if, like you said, you kind of took that, um, you know, that extra step of like, all right, I'm going to move away from, you know, the people that are holding me back and like, they just put yourself in a better situation or, you know, a, a more, uh, synergistic situation based on like where you wanted to go. Um, but that's a good piece of advice of like, if you can't do that, then like artificially do that by listening to podcasts and just at least surrounding yourself with the messages of there's more out there than just working a nine to five that you don't want to be at. Um, so, so what would be, um, so you, so you jump into the sale or the, you know, the appointment setting gig, I guess I'm just curious. Cause I, I did so like one of my first, uh, outside of like, I worked at a restaurant for like six years. So that's kind of sales, I guess. Um, but then after that, I ended up working at a solar company for about, you know, five or six months and doing the whole door to door thing. Um, I personally, like I, I always tell everyone, like, I think that it should be a requirement to do two things, door to door sales and, uh, and, and serving, right. Or, you know, working a service industry because you learn and you're forced to learn a lot of different skills in a short amount of time. Um, but what were, what were maybe some big like takeaways for you and how to just kind of that process of going from no sales experience to 18,000 in a month as a, as an appointment sitter there? Good question. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, well, I want to say mindset, but more specifically, like the way you think about the people that you're knocking doors for, or the people that you're calling, you have to come from like a position of I would say love, you know, like really having their best interest in mind. And when you can communicate that to them, like the, the walls go down and they're open to listening to you. Yeah. So I guess more, more actionable of like, you know, so you were in, um, 
so I guess what did that process look like? Were you literally just like, cause you said like, you know, calling people on the phone or door to door, like, yeah, I, was, I guess what did those days knocking, look like? I was knocking doors and, um, definitely not the, the funnest thing to do ever. Like there was one time that one, this guy, like we were just talking in his yard and he didn't realize that we were salespeople. I was with um, a coworker at the time, kind of training him. And we're just talking about um, saving energy for your home. And then he realized that we were <laughs> pitching him on solar for a second yeah. and he blew up at us and he was yelling at us like, go get a real job. You're scamming everybody. <laughs> you knock on my neighbor's doors. And then he followed us to the next three doors in the neighborhood. <laughs> what? Creepy. Yeah, <laughs> so like there's there's stories like that but you got to know like if you want to be a world-class person you have you can't let people like that like they have their own stories they have their own baggage you can't let that pull you down you have to stay focused on who you are what you are what you what you have to offer to people and and another thing that I would say like really um as far as like actionable things that you can implement right now is whatever you're afraid to do, do it until you face your fears, until you actually knock on a door, until you make a phone call, until you apply to the job that you don't feel like you're qualified for, you're never going to be ready. Don't wait till you're ready. <laughs> that just goes back to like the book that you were talking about. You know, there's, there's never ready. You're only going to be ready when you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I can tell, you know, ba based on a lot of like the decisions that I've made and, um, I've talked a lot about this, uh, on the, on this podcast, but like there, there's so many stories and other, like, if for lack of a better word, like side quests that I've been able to go on, uh, from decisions that I've made almost like on the dime. Right. You know, I made one of my first YouTube videos when I was like 12 and that, like, if I would have never done that, I probably wouldn't be here today, right? Because I made that first video that led to making a ton more videos that led to, you know, growing multiple YouTube channels that brought me to this situation. So, but again, back to your point, it's like when you can, when you can swallow the fear and take action based on the fear and know that the reason you're probably feeling scared is because it's probably the right thing to do. Um, that's the, you know, that's the, the harder part for a lot of people to kind of make that jump. Um, so I guess from the, for, so the appointment setting side, what made you, you know, obviously this leads a little bit more into like RCA, but just more specifically, what was happening within the appointment setting job or maybe wasn't happening that may, that, that kind of opened your mind up to more of like remote closing, or I guess, how did you figure out about remote closing uh, in the first place? Well, you know, like I said, door to door is never, <laughs> never going to be the way you want to go. Um, there's a lot of freedom that comes from being able to be a remote closer. So, and as well, like when you're knocking every door, it's just so backwards. The marketing, you know, there's so many tools out there that you can get a lead that's qualified to click on an ad. They said, they raised, they raised their hand and said, I want help with this yeah. thing. And so when you call them, they're not going to be yelling at you to go get a real job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, and that's, it's funny too, because uh, even, you know, not to, go back on the solar side, but like I had some experience there. The first, um, the reason that I left the, the solar kind of space was I was, it was this weird, uh, crossover between, I had started like my own agency, like marketing agency. Um, and then we wanted to help solar companies. So I, my, I had this brilliant idea of let me go become a solar rep for a couple months and, uh, kind of live in those shoes. So I can, from a marketing standpoint, kind of sell that. 
Um, but that company I was working with was like super old school, like kind of like you said, right? It's like they want to, they think that knocking on doors is the easiest way to, to get people, which it, it definitely is like, you know, that really like, like brunt, uh, what's the word? Um, like brute force, like I'm going to knock down your door and, you know, uh, you know, they're all, what, what's the thing they always preached? Um, uh, like the law of averages, right? They, I remember seeing this like one YouTube video, like a million times and talked about like, Oh, you can just make like a hundred, like knock on a hundred doors and maybe you'll close or two of them. Um, so yeah, I can, I can definitely re- relate with that. So, so I guess, was it like an ad or like how specifically did you learn about remote closing? Yeah. I, it's so funny because like I was watching Cole's reels and I didn't even realize it was Cole Gordon, even when I was called by remote closing Academy, but, uh-huh. um, I knew I was impressed with this guy, the things that he was saying, like teaching me about sales. I was like, oh, if I could just implement that on the doors or if I could implement that in any any sales situation. I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of that person that's obsessed around human influence, like influencing human behavior because I want to do that. And so um, what my first like introduction that I actually realized was Cole Gordon was his ad where he talks about it's not about what boat you're in or it's not about how fast you row it's about the boat that you're in and he was just teaching me a lot in the one like quick 15 minute video that um, I saw that I clicked on and then Ben called me he was my appointment setter (laughs) set me up with AIM yeah isn't it funny how, uh, you know, once you start learning the the process, you kind of like retrospectively look back and you're like, oh, like I went through that ad and he was the appointment setter and he was the closer and this was the triage. Like you kind of break it down and you're a little bit more aware of like the whole process. That's funny. Um, yeah, I've heard that a lot on, um, you know, just breaking it down with people on here. Um, okay. So what was like the, so you watch the ad, what happens next? So you talk to Ben, you talk to, obviously you talk to AIM. She, you know, or, or was AIM the original person you talked to? No, it was Ben that set me up with AIM. AIM was my closer. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, I I came in, you know, with the mindset like, oh, I'm a salesperson. I know what's going on. Like they can't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, that's always how it is. I think, I mean, I'm very much similar in the same way. Like, and Cole, Cole talks about this all the time is like, I feel like salespeople are the easiest people to sell. Because like they, you kind of like know the process, but you're uh-huh. also like, I look at it as like a sales karma type thing. Like if I buy something, I like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, someone down the road will like buy from me. <laughs> um, was there any, was there anything specifically for you? Like in that, that conversation with AIM where you saw that like she did really well, that kind of helped you make a, a, a good decision for yourself. Oh yeah. There's so many things I could say about the way that AIM conducted that call. Um, she, I just like immediately looked up to her, like everything that she was telling me, um, just the way that she held space. I think, I feel like that's one of the biggest things, holding space for your client to work through their thought process on what's going on. When, when she hit me with the price, okay, here's one thing. <laughs> My experience with the two call close, because I was, I was also checking out Jeremy Minor. I had mm-hmm. seen an ad, I had booked a call. Um, and I had told AIM, like, okay, thank you for this information. I'm going to get on another call with uh, one of your competitors, see what they have going on. And she didn't give me any kind of pushback. She was like, she had full confidence that Cole Gordon's Academy was going to be the thing that I needed. And Jeremy couldn't even compete, which, like, I know he's great, whatever. <laughs> but I didn't even end up getting on the call with him. Um, we booked a follow-up call. And on that call, 
like her objection handling skills, like I, the, the second call, I, I had already decided I wasn't going to buy, but she talked me through like my thought process around that. And just, <laughs> I told her I don't have the money. And she just like looked at me with the funniest look on her face, just like, like seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like Dallas, I know you have the money and Dallas, you know that you're going to get even more money when you sign up with us. Like, you're, you're hilarious. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And so when I saw that look on her face, like I look, I wasn't even looking at her. I looked up and I saw that look and then I started, um, objection handling myself, talking myself out of what I had just told her. <laughs> oh my God. Anything. It's, it's so funny too. Cause I can, uh, I can literally like see her doing that and like I can like I can hear her voice as you're saying that like and just like kind of her mannerisms and like the way that she speaks that but that I mean that's when you know that uh you know someone's good is when they, they have you handling your own objections <laughs> oh yeah 100% I was like yeah she knows what she's doing <laughs> okay perfect so you 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 have a chat with aim she gets you past the objections you, you, so I'm assuming at that point you jumped in or was there more like follow-up um oh yeah like there she's she kept on following up with me. She checked in all the time. Like, how is it going? And I was like, ah, I don't have a job yet. It just means I need to do some more practice, some more mock calls. And um, yeah, she's, I remember like after I actually um, gave her my card and everything, her, um, her cementation after I had made the purchase, like I remember that still, like she said, Dallas, you've got to, do you have got to do these two pieces of homework for me and one of it was just like with the onboarding and everything but the other one was like write down 10 dreams 10 of the most outrageous dreams that you know that you want to do and the money is going to pay for it like for me I want to go to the um Baja Islands or something I can't remember what it was but she would just and it was things that I had never thought of before things that I never thought were possible but when you can paint that picture for your client, like it, it just really helps with the buyer's remorse, like to, cause then I was talking to my husband about it and I was like, kind of feeling like I didn't want to tell him about it. <laughs> I really wanted to make this work because I wanted to prove myself right. I wanted to prove everyone wrong that I could do this. And, um, not that my husband was like, discouraging me but he's, yeah, yeah. he's always a skeptic and that's what you're always going to come up against with the spousal objection somebody's ready ready to buy and the other one's like uh no you don't do that <laughs> yeah 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 no trust me it's uh that's well with with me and my wife is like actually tomorrow she's gonna uh jump on a call with uh someone she's trying to build like a, some youtube stuff and you know obviously i'm helping her with it uh and stuff and we were talking about it yesterday and she was like yeah, I'm going to get on this call with someone. And I was like, you filled out an application, didn't you? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, did they ask you about like the investment question? Like, you know, do you have the resources to invest in yourself? She's like, yeah, that was the last question. I was like, all right, jump on the call. And like, you know, we can talk about it. So I think that is the benefit of like having multiple people that kind of are in the online space. Cause it's like, you kind of get it. Um, but you know, like you said, it's like having like the communication and the, um, you know, the conversation of like, is this good? Is this not, are we going to implement? Are we not like that type of thing? Um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know I want to get to like the, you know, the RCA stuff and, um, you know, I guess, so, so after you jump in, I guess, what was that process like? Cause from going just through a lot of like your, um, 
you know, posts in the group and stuff like that. You had a relatively quick going at everything, like, you know, getting on mock calls and stuff like that. So what was just like the initial process of, of jumping to RCA initial experience, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. Um, I was, I think everyone is afraid to get on their first mock call. <laughs> it's so funny to me now because now I've taken real calls and it's like mock calls are like my jam. I love mock calls because yeah. I can practice. Um, for me, my coach had actually told me like, don't do center calls, like go straight into practicing closer calls. And I think that's kind of like going back to what I said about if you're afraid to do something, do it. Like whatever you feel like you're not ready for, do it so that you know, like what mistakes you're making. And I think the quickest, the, the best thing that gave me the quickest results was submitting my horrible calls into getting a review in front yeah. of the whole group with the coaches. <laughs> because when they when they tear you apart and they they have incredible feedback, like it burns it, it burns it into your brain better than anything else that ever that you could ever do. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, when, if, if you've ever played like sports or anyone's listened to this has played sports, it's like when you, when you get called out in front of everyone in practice and you have to be like the example for everyone, it's like, you <laughs> never forget that. Uh, I mean, trauma isn't a, a, a dramatic word, but it's a little bit, right. It's like you, you know, if someone calls you out about tonality here or the way that you frame the call or whatever, um, yeah, you, you never forget that you won't make the same mistake again. And, uh, I actually made a, a video about that the other day is like that I think is just the easiest way to to improve because you're having somebody else uh, call out your blind spots, right? Things that you can literally be making like the smallest little nuanced mistake of saying something a specific way or the framing or whatever. But when you can hear it from the, an outside perspective, it makes it a lot easier for you and you start to grow a lot quicker and then you can implement the feedback and, and helps you out a lot. So yeah, 100%. like that's, I feel like that's the most valuable part of this whole program like lifetime access to these world-class coaches that can carry you apart whenever you want <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so outside of that so the next step of the process so you go through the what was the process after so you're doing the mock calls and then when i guess what was maybe the time frame of jumping in and then i guess jumping into the pipeline and self-sourcing and stuff like that I feel like I had actually taken kind of a slow route because I was also getting married at the time. So I was taking a lot of time just like on the back burner. Um, so I, I guess I had come in in July and then I was in the pipeline in October. And um, if I could give any advice to everyone else in the program, like attend the interview prep calls and get your one minute video dialed in because I feel like I wasted so much opportunity on interviews that came from the pipeline with really good companies. And I would just like every job I had ever applied to before coming into RCA, I'd always won it. Like, cause everyone's hiring and everyone needs people to work. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, I was so good. But like the sales industry, like a salesperson is one of the most expensive hires and they take it seriously. So I, I wish I had taken it more seriously for sure. Yeah. And that's like, the, that's the benefit of, you know, the, the community aspect of it. You know, we, I really don't talk about it a lot. Just like, you know, I, I like to make these calls way more about like others, right. And, and kind of telling your story and how you, you came across the program and, and stuff like that. But it's like, I almost forget that we have like literally 50 full-time people like on the RCA side, 
uh, you know, that's working internally from like the coaches to, you know, the people within the pipeline, the recruiting company and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, that just goes to show with, with you that like you having that support and, you know, being able to attend those calls definitely helps. Uh, it puts you ahead of someone that doesn't have that access, right. The, that might just be kind of like reaching out to people on, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. it definitely shortens the process 100%. Yeah. So what was the, so the process, cause obviously within the title, we're probably going to have something about like Grant Cardone, <laughs> but, um, cause I know that people would be, would be interested in that and just kind of hearing your story, how you get that point. So what was that process of, of like the interviewing with, with the team over there? Yeah. So in the module, um, the interview guy, our, the sales director for Grant Cardone's company to next stages, he'll tell you like, when I interview you, you have better, you better have objection handling down. Like that is the main thing. And so, um, that's what I, that's what I dialed in, um, right before my interview, I went through the module with Cole Gordon, all of his objection handling videos again, and, um, the Ascension event I had attended it virtually and Brian had done his incredible three hour objection handling, um, talk and I, I swear that is the most valuable sales <laughs> training that I have ever seen and I wish I could just have three hours every day to listen to that over and over yeah. again <laughs> um yeah so that was that was the big thing the main thing for me was um showing up powerfully knowing like why I was there having that and communicating that to whoever is hiring you is going to be really powerful um for me like my why is that I want to provide an incredible life better than I ever grew up with for my kids. And I know that like the money is going to be a huge <laughs> key thing in that goal. And um, that's why I work so hard at what I do. So having your why dialed in, having objection handling under your belt, role play objection handling. Like when you do mock calls, when you're practicing closing, like objection handling is so huge and it's going to be huge all throughout your career. Yeah. I think that's a, a big part of it. I, th I think like people always talk about, there's so many trainings out there about objection handling, but I think there's very few that are like the way that Cole does it or the way that Brian does it in like that uh, very consultative way, right? Like mm -hmm. I've gone through so many different sales trainings and I've actually met Brian like back in 2015, he was one of the guys that sold me into one of his initial programs. And that like, that kind of like jumpstarted my whole journey and the way that he handled the objections that I even had at the time, like it's uh it's really cool to see kind of his growth and then being able to learn directly from him. And that's obviously the benefit of, you know, going through a program like this to get, you know, the, those step-by-step -step things. Um, so any tips that you would give to someone um, that's going through the interview process? And I know you, you mentioned a couple, but you know, anything that you did other than going to the calls and, you know, the, the interview prep calls, just any, any tips for, for people to that are going maybe into their first uh, interview? Yeah. Um, Besides what I've already said about having your one minute video um, and doing the calls, like just, I would say be, just show up powerfully. That's the advice that my coach gives me. My, um, actually Daniel Moskowitz, the guy that wrote sales jujitsu, the guy that um, is the sales guy for um, Grant's company, he tells me, show up powerfully. Don't, don't let anybody bully you. Show up powerfully, like know who you are, know what value you have to offer and 
<laughs> and if you get a no on who on the job that you're applying for, like handle the objection right there. That's an objection. So understand how to handle that. Ask for good feedback. Be coachable. And um, yeah, I would say that's it. <laughs> Perfect. No, I think that's that's short and actionable and. And something that someone can take from this and write down and remember when they're jumping into their interview. So uh, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we have like five minutes. So two last questions. Um, one would be because you were someone that, you know, at the beginning you were talking about how you didn't really like ever have sales experience until you obviously jumped into the um, to the solar side. Uh, what would you give someone as like a piece of advice, to, uh, you know, if they're if they're kind of in that mindset that I think a lot of people have is like they they look at sales as almost like this negative thing, right? They're like, oh, like this is, I would never be a salesperson, right? They kind of have this like negative connotation with it. What, what would you say to someone to kind of open up their mind a little bit that it's, that this world is a lot more than just like scamming people, I guess, for lack of a better word. <laughs> well, um, something that, okay, I love getting on sales calls <laughs> ever since I signed up for RCA and I love to talk to salespeople all the time, just even if I'm not, if I know I'm not going to buy, I just like to hear their process. And one, one thing that this guy was telling me, um, was that sales, like coaching is sales. Sales is coaching. If you've ever helped somebody in your life, if you've ever given advice, if you've ever, um, like look at, look at your client. If you have, if you know that your product can help the person, then you have to look at them as if they were, this is extreme, like somebody that's addicted to drugs, like your very best friend that's trying to escape drugs and alcohol or whatever it might be. And like, if you have their best interest in mind, you're not going to let them skip their um, AA meeting. You're not going to let them have drugs in their home. You're not going to let them be alone in a, in a critical time. You're going to do everything in your power to help them to make the right decision that's in their best interest. I love what Brian says is that people generally always do what they think is best for them. Mm. And it's to be able to transform somebody's mindset around that, that is so powerful. And you need to be, you need to have those skills. That's what sales is. Sales has a negative connotation, but if you can look at it in that light and understand that you really are helping somebody, that's, that's why I love what I do. Yeah. And, and to add one thing to that too, cause I mean, that's, that's super powerful. I think where that negative connotation comes from a lot of times, any of our negative thoughts come from like our previous experiences of, of other things. Right. So if someone went through an experience where they bought a car from someone that it was like, you know, used car salesman and they sold, you know, a terrible product, then obviously they have a negative experience, but you know, as long as, you know, anyone that's listening to this, as long as you were, if you're in RCA and you go through the pipeline, like we're vetting these companies to make sure they're actually making an impact in other people's lives. If you're not, then that's fine too. Just whenever you have these conversations and you're applying to be a setter or a closer, ask the question of, hey, how many people have you helped, right? What are some case studies of people you've worked with in the past, right? And when you can really, that does two things. Number one, it makes you confident and helps your helps you switch your mindset from, okay, I'm selling something to somebody back to the example that Dallas gave is like, you're helping and it's almost a disservice if you don't help them. And the second part is it gives you an incredible amount of conviction in the thing that you're selling, which makes it easier for you to sell, which is a byproduct is helping you and helping the other person or helping the other person and then, you know, helping you. Um, so, okay. That's a great answer. I love that. 
Now, what would you say to someone that's maybe uh, in the same, now they're in the situation, they're like, okay, Dallas sold me on, okay, I, can, I should open my mind about sales. Now, what would you say to someone that's on the fence about joining RCA? Um, you know, being that you were in a similar situation of like, there was, you know, a couple different programs you were potentially joining. What would you say specifically that like someone should go specifically with RCA? Yeah. Um, for RCA specifically, I mean, I would say one is your reputation. It's the, it's the way that you care about your students and the results that you're determined to get them. It's a, it's a work with you until you succeed kind of area where you're going to have lifetime access to all of these coaches that are dedicated to helping you succeed. Um, I don't know of anything else like this out in the marketplace. Like you guys have worked with some of the best companies out there. You've, you've done all of your research, like where Cole Gordon comes from, like he has just his journey as well. Like, coming from being the worst at sales into the best at sales. Like he knows what the journey is and, and he's excellent at teaching those things. I think that you can be great at sales, but if you don't know how to teach it, then like you're not helping anybody and the coaches are incredible as well. So you guys, <laughs> I just, yeah, I can't say enough about how incredible RCA is. Love it. Thank you for the, uh, for the kind words. That's that hearing, hearing that is, uh, you know, what's, what gets me super excited just to make these episodes and, you know, talk, cause we're at this point, it's almost like impossible for me to keep up with <laughs> the amount of people that are just putting in the work and, you know, kudos to you for you putting in the work and, and, uh, you know, getting, getting a little bit uncomfortable, you know, like based on what you said, like you, you know, you're a little bit of an introvert, but you still kind of, uh, you know, everyone's saying that you can't be a salesperson as, as an introvert. Well, you, you know, showed those people are wrong. <laughs> so, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, what I want you to do really quickly is just think of, um, I'm going to do a quick outro, but, uh, I'll give you like 20 seconds. Think of like one of your biggest like tips or tricks that you would give to someone that is, uh, that's either in RCA or it's thinking about like just jumping into sales in general. Just think of that really quickly. Um, and I'll just do this quick outro. So, um, for those of you that are listening uh, on podcasts or the, uh, you know, in the YouTube channel, you might be, I mean, at this point, at least a little bit interested about what the heck is this remote closing stuff if you don't already know about it. Um, so in down in the description, uh, actually, we've talked a couple times about Cole um, in here. Cole's put together a video, it's, I think 45 minutes, uh, and it goes over the step-by-step -step process of what remote closing is and how you can jump into the industry. Um, again, full straight on video. You can literally just take notes and, and implement them quickly. At the end of that, obviously there is uh, opportunities to work a little closer with us, kind of like Dallas did if you're open to that, but you can literally just watch the video and get uh, a ton out of that um, to take some actionable steps of, um, again, you've made it this far anyway. So if you're hearing this, then obviously, uh, you know, just click the link down below, whether it's in the podcast app or the YouTube channel, and it'll give you some, um, some actionable steps to get that going. So uh, Dallas, what you got for a last, uh, last tip? I would just say like, be willing to invest in yourself to have that conviction around the principle of other people investing in themselves. That is so good. Uh, one of the, especially like if someone is thinking about being a remote closer, I think it's doing themselves a disservice if they don't invest in themselves. Cause like, how are you going to tell other people to invest in yourself when you're not willing to do the same? So that's, uh, that's, that's gold. Um, all right, y'all. Well, thanks so much for uh, hanging out. Of course, huge shout out to Dallas here for hanging out for the last 45 minutes. One of my favorite episodes. And, uh, we'll be seeing you guys next week for another episode. Aaron here for the remote closing Academy podcast. See you guys in the next one. Talk soon. Peace.